To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Yo, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's podcast, I have on John and Kylie Gabriel. Uh, so I really like these guys. I met them, oh, it's been a handful of years now. And um, man, they, they had just an epic season. They had moved out to Montana. They drew a premium tag this season, which we talk about in the podcast. And um, just put a ton of work and effort. They're just diehard elk hunters. And so... Really fun to hear their story and their story of success, and um, man, it's just this amazing encounter. So, uh, yeah, it was a great podcast. I really enjoyed it, and I know you guys will enjoy it too. We'll get right into it. I just want to thank a couple sponsors. I want to thank Everly Stock. Everly Stock makes a great durable pack that packs the weight right. Uh, they have a bunch of different models, everything to fit your preference. I've used a bunch of them. I really like the Kite Day Pack. My new favorite pay- pack that they just came out with is their Kite 4800. It's this lightweight pack option, and I really like the design of it with the lifter straps, and uh, I like the design with 4800 cubic inches. Uh, I like the weight that it comes at. It's just a, a bomb-proof pack. So, yeah, I can't wait to use it. I'm going to use it on this upcoming trip and some spring trips. Uh, I've also used the the Destroyer. That's a great expedition pack. They're little big top. Uh, they also uh, have this the pack style, the Vapor Series, which you can use the mainframe, and you can use a 2,500 cubic inch, 5,000, or 7,500 cubic inch pack and kind of swap those out for your needs. Uh, so they're doing great work. If you're in the market for a new pack, make sure to go check those guys out at Everly Stock. I also want to thank Method Archery. So Method Archery is former Vector Archery. Uh, they they changed their name to Method uh, so they had like a, like a problem with one of the bigger companies out there. And so they just switched their name, but it's the same great arrows and they have more offerings this year. So they do a dynamic spine for your arrow. So your arrow perfectly matches your bow setup, uh, and, and getting a spine, uh, is so crucial for tuning of the bow. And then they have a uh, couple different fletching t- designs. They have a lower profile and then a higher profile. The higher profile will be better for fixed heads, where the lower profile is good for expandables. So I'm using the lower profile this year uh, for fletch. They get a really good helical fletch on them. Great craftsmanship. Really like their components. Their front-end components spin true and are rock solid. And then good, consistent knocking points on the back end of the arrow. So really impressed by these guys. They also offer a bunch of different colors this year, so I was able to go with that kind of neon green color that I really like. I think it's uh, yellow uh, when you choose from it. uh, Me and my wife have an ongoing argument of whether that's green or yellow, that neon color. So, uh, But yeah, really cool. Bunch of new colors, great components, great arrow. Give those guys a shout if you're interested in some new arrows for this season. 
I also want to thank Black Ovis. Black Ovis is an internet retail shop that has absolutely everything you need for your next hunt. Uh, check out their offerings. Uh, whether you're into need a sleeping bag, whether you need backcountry food, uh, clothing, they carry all the not the top name brands as well as their own name brand. Uh, great pricing, knowledgeable staff. Give go- those guys a shout if you have any questions, and um, give them some support for this off season. I also want to thank Camo Fire. Camo Fire is a new app where. They have 80 new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours. You can save a pile of money through them uh, by using their app and watching for these deals to come up. I know my buddies Dan and Dylan use this app all the time and are able to save a pile of money and get some really good gear. So check that out. Over at Eastman's, just got back from uh, the Eastman's office, did some good business there, uh, sat down with Dan Picard, recorded a really good podcast. So um, got that in the works and... um, yeah, we're able to work out some deals. We're able to get a promo code. We're working on that mule deer course. Yeah, it's just absolutely everything I've learned about hunting mule deer uh, over the last 25 years out west. You know, how to travel to different states, how to pick units, uh, how to dissect units, uh, how to how to glass how to plan your stock, how to execute in the end. We have both a, a bow course a bow section and a rifle section in it. Uh, Guy Eastman does the rifle section. Dan Picard is also involved in all sections, but pretty much broke it down into chapters, and you take it in by watching multiple videos in the chapter, and as well as um, uh, describing mule deer hunting and what we do, we also have videos where we narrate the stock and talk about what we did right and what we did wrong and why we were reading the terrain the way we did. So I really think you can cut your mule deer learning curve we do all different seasons, you know, from the early season all the way to the late season all the way through. Uh, you can save 10% on the course by putting in the promo code BRIANMDC, and uh, that'll save you 10% and get you into that course. Also, right now, TagHub is our internet research tool. we got some big things going for TagHub as well. But uh, it's an app that compiles all the data in all these western states. And so I use this continuously when studying up on western states, figuring out uh, which tags I'm going to apply for. Uh, So you can get that as well. There's a promo code where you can get Mountain Tough Fitness for, you can get a free year-long trial with it. If you put in the promo code Brian, you'll be good to go there. Be on the lookout for new Beyond the Grids, Hitting the Deck. Uh, We've got some great new episodes coming out. You can search Eastman's Hunting TV and uh, on YouTube and watch us there. And also watch uh, for us on the Outdoor Channel. We have new episodes coming out there. Uh, Eastman's Hunting TV on the Outdoor Channel. And with that, um, just getting these podcasts loaded up for you guys. Um, I've got a, a, a few saved up, and so just getting these things loaded up, ready to go, and getting packing for this um, trip to Australia. So, so pumped. Um, got the bow dialed and um, getting all my gear together and get my work done here. And, um, man, I'll be bow hunting for a couple weeks. So, so pumped for that. So pumped for spring bears. I'm also going to do a solo episode on spring bears before I leave, so you guys will have that. Uh, good information on how to chase these bears, uh, whether you're chasing them with a bow or with a rifle, but it's a great season to get out and get after it. Uh, so I'll get that loaded up and get that out to you guys by April 15th, the opener here in Montana. So you can take that information in and hopefully get after some of those black bears. So, um, 
man, I'm stoked. I'm going to get some work done here and um, shoot my bow a little bit more and um, just enjoy the weekend. So thanks, guys, as always, as the, uh, for the support. And thanks to uh, John and Kylie Gabriel for coming on the podcast. Really like those two. They did a great job. Uh, so um, Eastman's Elevated. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Here we go. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks so much for coming in and joining me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us as well. Yeah. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. So. What a season you guys had, huh? A couple good bowls. Absolutely. Good archery bowls. Archery bowls, yeah. Can't complain about that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we had talked a little bit before season there, you know, and kind of knew what we had going on for tags a little bit and kind of tried to pick your brain. And you didn't really, you know, it was kind of almost like one of those things you weren't given a ton, but it was like, hey, here's kind of what I know a little bit. Like, just check this out. And then... I was like totally just banking on like all of September. We're just going to go down there and just scout. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even, it was kind of like, we went during the summer, three trips, did our whole thing. And then I was like, well, let's go in. We packed a bunch of water in, stashed all the water and everything. And I'm like, we're just going to use September as scouting. Knew there was some big bulls there because we'd found them in velvet. And then I was like, we're just going to come back with a rifle and we'll just kill a couple big ones. You know, like that was like my whole mentality until archery season started. And then it was just like bulls running everywhere, lights out. And then I'm like, mm, I was like, maybe we're going to kill one with a bow. You know how you do. And it, I was like, but I, I wanted to kill a big one, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like once I seen him and I found him during the summer, once I turned him up again, then it was like let's do this mm -hmm. so so yeah you guys are hunting partners right Absolutely. hunt together yep. yep this was our fifth season hunting together yep yeah. yep so yeah good yeah. and then um so you guys drew both drew a premium tag you must have applied with a group app there in montana yep and then you drew a premium tag and you drew the rifle tag which is way tougher to draw than the bow tag yeah but the rifle tag allowed you to hunt with a bow or with the rifle so i see what you're saying yep. your plan was to use september as kind of scouting with a bow in your hands figure out what the biggest bull was in there and then go in and get them with the rifle yep. uh, but things change really quick when bulls are bugling and they're ripping around like hunting the rut with a bow and arrow for elk is just so thrilling so i can see where you got caught up in it and it's like no i don't think i'll wait till rifle season let's hunt these things now yeah 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 that's exactly what happened you know it was just kind of like you i i mean i knew it was like i'm gonna kill there was two bulls that i had found during the summer in velvet and i kept telling her i was like it's one of those two i was like you're gonna kill one i'm killing the other one and that was like the mindset and it just I didn't think it was going to be as easy to do because the private and, you know, you're battling private over there and whatnot. And so I just was like, this bull's going to hang up. We're never going to get mm -hmm. whack at him. And then it, all of a sudden it was just kind of like stars started like shifting and starting to align. And I'm like, we're, we're doing it, you know, but it was like, I didn't want to blow him out. And so, I mean, it was day 10 or 11 by the time, like we actually got a chance. I mean, when we shot our bulls and I mean, it was just like, one day after another, I'm like, let's not push them. Don't blow them out. Let things line up. This big bull's here. Here's the other big bull. Like, so we kind of had them separate and just being smart about it, I think was like the biggest thing that, you know, was like, it played into it. I mean, we knew the terrain, we knew everything. And then we met a landowner over there and they ended up giving us access to their property too. So we had that as a backup. So the elk were like coming off their property onto the public. And so it was just like trying to make a whole game plan and like, how are we going to put this together? And then when it did that night, it was like, we were, yeah, <laughs> All we, together. we were on a scouting mission that night. You know, it was like, we're going over here cause we know the elk moved there, but like, we're not killing them there, you know? And then all of a sudden when it started happening, it was just like, 
that that was a special mm. night. So. Yeah, that's wild. Well, I wasn't trying to be vague on purpose. No, it's just, no, no. In that country, those elk move around so much, so it's tough to pinpoint or have a good spot. Like, you almost have to get there and kind of uh, read the food and how the elk are behaving or interacting with the country. And it can be totally different from one year to the next, you know, due to clover, due to the moisture late in the summer, uh, due to the feed in the fields. And so it's so much country so much acreage that it's tough to pinpoint so i tried to give you the information that was beneficial like this is kind of what they do this is how i attack that place yep. but uh i didn't draw you an x on the map that's for sure yeah no you didn't but what the little information that you gave and kind of like just your insight on it we'd go back to camp at night and just kind of sit there and like talk about it and mm-hmm. i'm like okay we've done xyz now let's like start over at a and like let's go all the way down the list again and like try to figure out like what's our next game plan gonna be mm-hmm. and that was kind of like we had done everything all the preparation during the summer all this you know like as much scouting as we could but then once the rut started obviously things started changing and then it was like new bulls were showing up like out of nowhere and that kind of changed everything you know because then it was kind of like what are we gonna do how are we gonna hunt these new ones and i'll be honest like we seen one of the biggest bulls we've ever seen in our life come by at like 100 well it was like 165 that morning and he came over the hill on his own and we just had a big seven by seven come over on his own and then all of a sudden this giant comes over like 30 minutes later mm-hmm. walks right down past us and i'm like oh we're killing this bull and like he was probably the biggest bull i've ever seen on the hoof and comes right down we had a decoy set up and everything i'm like he's coming in and then nope what's he do turns and just drops off over the edge and like circled we never see him next thing i know he's like a mile going over a ridge like headed south and i'm like okay what are we like what are we missing here like we're missing the feed where are we missing the water we're missing where these elk are like headed to because being nomadic you know and kind of they're moving around out there so much and then that night we had spotted my big bull that i ended up killing again and he had like 34 35 cows and the next we watched him all day bed sat just kind of on the fringes watching them and they were like headed north and i'm like um i'm like we're gonna figure this out uh, let's just be patient these other bulls came from that direction but i know there's water up there and the feed is up there like they're gonna go that way next morning they went seven miles totally different direction <laughs> Dude, too. yeah oh like just 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 checked out like they're completely the other way and then that was we kind of were like sitting here i'm like i felt like we knew so much of the country and like little coolies and like where they were kind of moving at this point. And then it was just like curveball. It all changes. And yeah. it really yeah. did. And we were so frustrated. We ended up going to get milkshakes that morning and drove out of camp. And we're like, we just need a reset day just because we're like, we thought we had everything just like so planned out. And we're like, all right, any day it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Like we're going to get that like moment where it's right time. Perfect. And then all just went away. Yeah. Mm, that's so interesting. It's, um, and, and, and you guys played it right. Like being able to sit back and really assess the situation, see what the elk are doing. And usually it's like the longer you can keep the element of surprise and keep tabs on them, the more likely they are to make a mistake or the more likely they are to put themselves in a, in a good position, you know, where you can make a play. So I can see what your plan, why you had the plan that you did, but yeah, with elk hunting, it's all timing, right? It can be dynamite for a week and day after day you're getting into bulls and it's just insane hunting and then it can just switch and they can move to a new area and that seems to happen. Like elk hunting is such timing. Yep. And and Kylie, you did such a good job. Like um, arrowing a bull with a bow and arrow is like one of the toughest challenges out there. So for you to close and make a really good shot on that bull, that was amazing. And it came together. You guys killed those bulls 
uh, minutes apart? Seconds. Uh, uh, no, it, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was like 45 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it was like 45 seconds. How did it go me. down? So initially we kind of like went over to this like open field area and John and I were like, all right, we're just going to scout this area. It's just kind of total new spot because that's where his bull or we thought the bull went over there. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we had seen like a big herd and they were just so far. We're like, well, let's just sit out here, chill, kind of glass tonight and just see what's going on. Kind of see what we're not seeing from the other side. So I ended up spotting my bull originally with three cows and I was like, Hey, there's a bull and they're kind of coming close. And he's like, man, they, they're not coming. And I'm like, but they're right there. And he's like, no, they're not coming and totally like dismissed me. He's like, nope, that's never going to happen. And I was like, okay, so I'm just still glassing. And then a huge bull just rips. And then it ended up being the bull that we were after the next day. And then he comes out with no cows and we were just like, what in the heck? Like, there's no way that he doesn't have all his cows yesterday. And we're like, there's, there's a bigger bull. Like there's something else coming out. So then my bull started coming right to us, and John and I were like, uh, we are not in a good spot. And I looked at him, I'm like, how am I supposed to even draw back? Like, we are in the wide open sage. There is no trees. Like, I'm talking two-foot little bushes is what we're just sitting around in, like, a little rock that we're just kind of leaned against. And he's like, Kylie, like, this might happen. Like, we got to make a different game plan here. And I was like, all right, how are we going to do this? And he's like, I don't know. Like, where do we go? And I'm like, well, we got to figure out something. And so initially uh, we just put our packs on and just started running like literally like I swear it was a fast I didn't even know John and I could run that fast with our packs and our bows and we were just like boogieing like our packs aren't even strapped on correctly and we go behind this little hill and we pop up and we see my bull still coming and John's bull's kind of following and he's pushing my bull to us and we're like well this is gonna this might happen right here so we look around and we're like, there's no place we're going to get a shot. Like we are in the wide open. Like we're, they're going to see us hundred yards and just blow out. And so we ended up seeing like a little bush kind of what, a juniper. Is that y- what it is? Yeah. There was like a juniper bush and kind of what was going on in this scenario. My bull had those 34, 35 cows the night before. And that when we churned him up or when she spotted her bull with the three cows, and then all of a sudden there was like a fourth and they were kind of coming out of this timber pocket, like headed kind of over towards us. And I didn't, you know, it was like this huge open sage flat, like 1,000, 1,500 yards to the edge of the trees. And she spotted them like in this little pocket that, I mean, it's like, which, which you do. I mean, if you sit in glass for a long time and you're picking apart the scenery, like that's what you should be doing. And she did her job. She did a great job. She found those. But then in the midst of her telling me that, it was kind of like, they're not going to come this way. It's not happening. And I look over in the distance and then we heard this bull bugle, but it was like faint but it had just a big bugle and the wind was whipping right in our face like perfect coming at us so it carried the sound but i couldn't tell where it was coming from well about that time when she said everything and like her elk starts coming out of the trees pushing these cows the big bull stepped out of the trees uh, way off like mile and a half off but it was like the wind was coming so hard like you could hear i'm not even so sure it was him that bugled there was a bull bugling i just happened to catch him come out of the trees i realize it's him there's no cows and i'm like where did 34, 35 cows go that that big bull had the night before? Like, they got to be there. We're in trouble if they come out because now we're going to have eyes going everywhere. Well, about that time, we were both looking in, like, way off in the distance. We spot, like, 100 head. And there's two bulls over there that are running this herd. And so then I'm distracted watching those thinking, well, we're going after those. And it's in the trees kind of on this flat. I'm like, we can come down through this coulee, pop up. Like, it was perfect spot and stock style for, like, bow hunting so i'm focused on that and then she starts telling me she's like tapping me we're sitting by this rock like the only rock that's in this flat she's like they're coming they're coming you know how you do and i'm like 
no, no, they're not. Like, they're, they, these out, no, they're not. Stop bugging me, you know, type of thing almost. And she's and like. And I'm just watching them come from, like, little patch to little patch to little patch, like, to getting closer and closer. I'm like, they're totally coming. Yeah, once, <laughs> once I kind of, like, looked back and realized it, they're coming out across this flat. My big bull comes out, and he's standing there, and he sees them, and he just starts ripping bugles. And so he just starts working his way, and he's, like, on a march coming right at this bull. No cows. And I'm like, he lost all the cows. They, they are really coming this way. And so her bull starts working his way. Well, he goes in this dip. My bull happened to go in a dip. And that's when we grabbed our packs and we were kind of like, we need to run and get out of where we're at because we can't shoot from here. This isn't going to happen. And there was a kind of a little coolie behind us. And I was like, we need to run around the backside of that hill. And there's a feed source on the other side. And I'm like, we need to get in position somewhere around the backside of that hill. So when these elk work their way across, Hopefully we're in the right spot to ambush them. So back to that, we dead took off running. Then we got over the top of this hill and I'm like looking down and I'm still like, I don't know where we're getting a shot here. Like this is not ideal. And there was one bush, juniper bush, that was about the size of this table, like four feet high and like maybe like six, seven feet around. And then this little rock wall, like literally about as big as this table is. So six feet long, like three, four feet high, go coming off the edge of this bush. Well, she looks at it and she's like, we need to get there. We, we got to get to that bush. And of course, at this point, like we're both breathing hard. You know, it was like, I felt like I was in some train to hunt competition, you know, like <laughs> carrying a pack. And uh, she's like, we got to get to that bush. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking, there's no way. Like we're not making that bush because it's like two, 300 yards down the hill. And I'm like, they're going to come around the corner before we can get there. But then I was like, well, what do you got to lose? I'm like, I know this is what needs to happen. I just don't know if we're going to make it there. If she's going to be able to keep it together, get a shot after panting, you know, or like just breathing so hard and everything. So we, she goes, let's do it. We're, we're going like, we got to make this happen, you know? And, and I'm kind of, I'm a really aggressive elk hunter when it comes to the time of like, when we need to make things happen, I'm like, let's go for it and let's do it. This scenario, I kind of backpedaled for a second and she's obviously been following me around for like the last five years. And it, she was kind of like, the one that pushed she's like no like let's go and she just kind of like took off ahead of me and then I like took off behind her and we're going down the hill and she'd done some practice this summer with Joel Turner he stopped by my house and like gave her a private shooting lesson and she's like running down the hill and I'm like in her ear like trying to yell I'm like Joel 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 like trying to just get her to like think about what everything she learned so when she got there it was like knock an arrow let's do this Joel like think about what he taught you and just move forward so I'll let you. Yeah. So um, we get to this rock like super quickly and we're both obviously like panting like crazy and trying to get everything together. And um, John kind of has a better view of what I have because I'm sitting a little bit below him and he just kind of slowly peeks over the ridge and like we hear like clicking clacking and it's the hooves of the calf and cows like on the rock. And so John's like, get an arrow knocked. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to happen. So it was one of the most incredible moments. Like it would have been such a, like an amazing memory to have on film. But obviously John and I have this memory to like have for ourselves. but it just is so cool. And you can't even like explain it of how insane it was. But all of a sudden, like all the cows and the calves just run right over John and I, and literally like they just jump over the little rock and the cow was just right above us about what two feet three yeah, yeah three, two, feet. three feet yeah and john and i are just in like these teeny little like ball positions with our bows like i'm sitting there just like 
is this going to happen? Like the elk just jumped over our head right here. And then um, all of a sudden my bull just comes flying and like jumps about 15 yards in front of me and is chasing that cow. And she ends up kind of getting spooked off. And what stopped him was another cow came right behind John, or I guess to the left of me. Um, and she just was standing there. It was a little calf and she just was like kind of mewing and it stopped my bull and my bull had his head down and he was eating grass and he's just facing perfectly looking right at me broadside. And I was just like, this is not even happening right now. And in my mind, like this was my first archery bull. I'm like, do I wait until he walks 20 yards a little bit? And is it like staring directly, like looking me in the eye or do I just draw back right now? And John can't say a word. And so I just end up, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to trust it. And I'm just going to make this happen. And it was so crazy because I'm like the person who's always just panicking and I'm shaking and I can't pull my bow back and I just get so excited and target panic. And I just drew back and I was stone cold and it was about seven yards and I perfectly hit him, double lunged him. And he ends up just taking off and going kind of from where they were coming in that first direction. And John and I get up and we start screaming and we're yelling and we're so excited that I just killed my first bull and we're not really looking at what's going on. And all of a sudden another bull just rips and John's like, Kylie my bull so here he gets an arrow and i'll let him to kind of take the story because it happens within about 40 30 40 seconds after my kill just it, happened yeah she like shoots this bull and so it came over the rock kind of chased his first cow cow stops and then this other one comes in it's like mewing like crazy and comes right up on the rock ledge i'm sitting here like looking straight up you know trying not to move because these elk just jumped over and i see this calf just standing like at the end of my arrow and i'm like we're, we're done. Like this calf's going to blow this before this happens. All of a sudden her bull, she, this calf's mewing this, her bull turns, runs right back and just slammed on the binders like seven yards and took that bite of grass. And then that's when I was like, you just, you, I hope you're thinking about everything right now and just like make this happen. And when she drew back, you know, out of the corner of my eye, I'm watching, she gets a full draw and he's just standing there chewing his grass, just staring never right flinched, at her, never nothing. flinched, nothing. And I'm like, there's no way that this just happened. So when she shoots, they take off. He, like, runs right by us. I mean, I'm talking, like, I could have stuck my bow out and, like, hit him. Like, when he went by, and I could just see blood just, like, pouring down his side. And I'm like, she got one. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. I was so excited. We jumped up. We're hugging. And then the big bull bugled. And I totally, it was like, you know how you do. It's like in the moment. You just get so caught up in the excitement and everything and just elk hunting. And she got her first one. I blanked on the big bull. He here's a commotion the elk run down and they stop at like 150 yards on the hill and there's blood just pouring out the side of hers and the bull is standing there and i see his antlers coming over the hill where i first seen him coming when we got in position and he's just like flipping his head around trying to figure out what's going on and i'm standing there i'm like oh crap i'm like get down get down like you know as he's still standing there and uh so i cow call like three times and as i cow call he hears it and you just see his head like lock on and I'm, I'm just like, this might happen. Like, this bull might come. Rips a bugle. What's he do? Tips his head back and just does like a trot and starts just coming beeline, like right at us. And I'm like, this never happens. You know, I mean, it's like, especially after you shoot when these other elk are spooked, this is, there's no way. So she, in the meantime, I didn't know this. She had grabbed the camera off the ground, picks the camera up, turns it on, starts filming. Here my bull walks by at like 20 yards and I'm behind the bush, perfect for like my setup. Hers wasn't, mine was. And he, like, just comes, rips a bugle, walks out 13 yards on the other side of the bush, whacked him, runs down, like, 80 yards. And as he starts falling over, because uh, I kind of, like, heart shot him, he's standing there, and he starts losing it, starts falling over. She looks at her bull, and her bull, like, ran out there, like, 450 yards, double lunged. Like, I've never 
seen an elk really go that far, hit that well. And she goes, my bowl's down. And both elk, like literally mine tumbled and then hers just like fell over out there. And it was like the craziest thing. And I, like after that, like, we jumped up. She's like, I got it on film. I got yours on film. And I'm like, okay, first off, you're always like such a wreck. Every time we get in like a position of like hunting, like, you know, just an animal comes in, like you're, you're losing it. There's no way you kept it together to set your bow down, pick the camera up, get mine on film in like 45 seconds. And it's crazy too. Cause like hers ran off all of a sudden if you look at the timestamp on the camera you see the camera turn on and then it's like bugle 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 boom he walks out and i shoot him and like i mean it's within i mean 45 seconds on the camera i mean from the time she set it down and like filmed it and so after that it was the craziest thing and light was we had like 45 minutes left to like shooting light and uh so at that point i'm thinking you know i we couldn't believe it we're standing there like hugging each I other i feel like we had like almost true emotions like you know like when you take an animal like you just like get that like overwhelming like for me like I get a very overwhelming like emotion and I'm just like so grateful and it's like wow like everything like came together but like I thought my feelings would be totally different but I think I was absolutely like utterly in shock like and then like we just looked at each other we're like what just happened and we just were like yelling like we didn't cry we didn't do anything we just like yelled and we were just like what just happened and it just it was incredible it was awesome it it was it was pretty special and so instead of thinking about like we should probably go down there and get pictures right now where we saw some daylight left it was like no what do we do we pick the phone up we're calling everybody (laughs) like we're you know you're never gonna believe this we just killed two bulls and like we killed the big one and like and so then the landowner that we had met uh we were on the public and we were actually that night working our way around the back side of the public to come on the back side of their property because that's where we knew these elk were kind of headed and so they had gave us permission to hunt that and uh so we were actually headed around that side and then we end up killing him here. So it worked out so perfect. So we call him and I call the lady or the wife picked up and I was like, um, can we drive across your property by chance to like get out to the edge of it? And she's like, yeah, yeah, not a problem. I go, well, um, we killed two bulls. What? Two with a bow? And I was like, yeah, like 45 seconds to a minute apart. And, uh, so it was pretty cool. Like she was so excited for us. And of course, Kylie, cause like, we'd spent a couple different evenings, like in their kitchen, just, you know, talking to them and they were just such nice people. And, uh, they let us drive right out across the field and we got like right to the edge of the fence. And then, so it was like 300 yards to mine and like 800, 850 to hers. And, uh, so he it, makes it sound easy. It still was a hard pack out. It was <laughs> raining and we had that gumbo mud and giant like holes everywhere that we were dodging in the dark. Like it, he always makes this part sound easy. I'm it, like, this well, not easy. It, it wasn't, I mean, it turned into a mess. I'll be honest. After we shot him, two bulls down, two yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah. In, we're not the biggest in the mud. people. Yeah. Elk are heavy. Yeah. They are tough. Yeah. yeah. And so in the midst of that, we still had to walk back to the truck in the dark. Well, right after we, we went over to hers, we went to mine just set my bow down and then went and found hers before it got like pitch black so we can mark them. And, uh, we mark them. Well, after that, I didn't really think about it. I was, I mean, we were about a mile and a half, maybe two miles from the road. I'm to at that point. And so I'm kind of thinking in my head, you know, okay, let's just, we'll get out of here. Let's go back to the truck, get the truck, come up around on their property and like snake our way in there so we can get, you know, as close as we can before it's two in the morning type thing. Well, it starts raining, thunder and lightning, pouring down rain, lightning hitting everywhere. And it was almost like one of those things where, uh, I mean, you know how in September when it can rain, I mean, especially out there, like it pours. Downpour. Downpour. And you can't and drive anywhere. And it's y- awful. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, crap, like 
maybe we need to go back to camp. Maybe we need to get the four-wheeler, like, all this stuff. Because I'm like, I don't know if I trust driving my truck out. I don't want to tear their field up either. Well, like, the property, but they had property, but then the field and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to tear this apart. And uh, so in the midst of this, we put full rain gear on, everything, and we start back for the truck. Well, it's pitch black, no moon, no nothing. And my phone, I'm using Onyx, but have you ever had it, like, lock up, like, where it won't, like, adjust, you know, where you're current really location is and you're trying to move but it's not showing you and we're trying to just get back to my bull because i was like well if we could just hit the edge of their property then walk and then hit the field and like we'll just walk the field all the way back to the road then circle all the way around to get the truck well in the midst of that my phone wasn't updating correctly and so next thing i know like it updates and we're like a half mile going the other direction like out into no man's land and she's like i don't think we're going the right way and i'm like ah it's like well, my phone, like it showed that we were, and I'm like, oh, we're not. And then in the midst of that, so then thankfully, I mean, this went on for a half hour and yeah. we're like zigzagging out there just trying to get my phone to update. I'm turning off, turning on, can't figure it out. I'm like pouring rain. I'm like, maybe we need to hunker down. Like I'm thinking we're going to get lost out here tonight, just in this kind of flat sage flat. And it got spooky for a second. I'm usually pretty calm collected type person and but i think I, our adrenaline was going so much and it was just like wow we have so much to do still like it's raining like just so much scenarios that we're all kind of like following through and like john just got so anxious and i like literally looked at him and i was like why are you panicking so bad like because it stresses me out because he's always just so like calm collective like just straight thought like you know and i was like you gotta like take two seconds back like dude you're like freaking me out and so and then i was like oh we downloaded onyx on my phone i'm like why don't we double check on mine and i didn't download that map area before we went and so i don't know how it ended up at least kind of showing where we were but then we ended up kind of figuring it out from there yeah it was like we had all the other areas like around there you know where you can download maps and everything but i didn't ever intend on hunting that particular spot it was like i had it on my phone but i wasn't I just like all the scouting in the summer, all like the previous like 10 days there. It was like, I never really thought like I'm going to end up over there on her with her. And so, but she had it. And so her phone worked and like figured out we were wrong and like just took off, walked all the way back out. And then it just turned into like, okay, now we got to like the work's going to begin. And so then it was like two bowls all night, like working on them, getting them packed out, pouring down rain difference between thunder and lightning just like coming in rolling out and like it was hitting around a couple times it was kind of like i don't even know if we should be standing out here right now like this is it can be scary in that country yeah yeah. it's gnarly it It does does. and And then it's just john and i too you know and then it was kind of crazy we had elk bugling everywhere around us like i'm not kidding we had elk probably 20 yards from us in the pitch black just screaming and i was like um are they gonna like come eat us like i I was terrified he was too because it was just like we had coyotes everything it was just very eerie out that night for sure yeah like uh, we're, we're working on the elk and well no before we were taking pictures actually before we with yours before we started yeah before and we were before we got lost and uh that big herd uh, like that was way off had started working their way and you could just hear bulls bugling in the rain and everything kind of getting closer and closer and closer and she's like do we need to like be careful of these elk or like (laughs) you know is this you know a thing and i'm like i don't think so i think we'll be all right you know and all of a sudden, this one bull just comes, like, marching in, screaming his head off. And he just, like, posts up. And he's just standing there, like, staring. And I'm, like, it's pitch black, you know. And I'm, like, my headlight just beaming right at his face. I can see him. He just start, He's, like, ripping bugles. Like, he's going to come in and, like, fight the de- her dead bull. And I'm, like, th- we need this on video, you know. I'm, like, this is the coolest footage. And there's, like, lightning hitting out there. And this bull is just going off. 
So then I'm like, I don't, this could be an issue. And so I'm like yelling at him like a bear, you know, like, hey, bear, like type of thing, like trying to just get this elk to go away. And he's just standing there bugling. And then another one's coming from our left off in, and he starts screaming. Well, then this bull happened to see him, and, like, they went over, and they are just screaming back and forth to each other. There's other bulls. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I don't really want to, like, talk too much about all the elk because there was, <laughs> there was a lot that night. But, I mean, it was, like, chaos. And it was the coolest just raw, like, experience of being out there, like, two bulls dead, these other bulls coming in, elk going everywhere, and then the lightning and the rain. It was kind of like just the whole experience, the gumbo mud, and, like, you know, just – it was a mess. We were so muddy and like messy by the end of it, but it was such, I mean, an experience that neither of us will ever forget. I mean, as far as, as that goes, but like the, the crazy thing too, it's like when the bulls started coming in, in the beginning of this whole thing, I asked her, I was like, which one do you want to shoot? And she's just like, whichever one comes by first. And so I'm like, okay, like if you don't want to wait till rifle season or like whatever, like if you want to shoot this bull he's a cool boy he's a nice bull he's got 20 inch like eye guards for you know a five by six he's a he's a big bull but like she's like i just whatever one comes in first and so of course i'm thinking we're only killing one of these and hopefully the big one comes in so she shoots it because by the time there's no way we're killing two and so it was just crazy like the whole scenario is cool because we had a bunch of footage actually of both bulls like in velvet like all this during the summer and then the days prior and then made her pass bull or a five by six and always a small six at like 28 yards and i was just like trying to give her the whole experience of calm down like like you can do this like let's we'll find an elk you know and like if we have to come back to the rifle but i want you to experience everything you got going on right now for as many days as we can i always just get so excited and want to shoot the first thing but then it's like i always have like way too much anxiety and I don't I miss and I'm overthinking it and so I think it really all played out the crazy thing is though too is back uh, when we were scouting we had made like a funny joke we're like wouldn't it be crazy if we like doubled on a bull and then like five days before when we were sitting at like a little water hole we were talking about it we're like wouldn't it be cool if we doubled on a bull and he's like yeah it could totally easily happen right here and I'm like that would never happen and then that day we um have like our little gummy bears that we always would like cheers to and be like all right this is what's gonna happen and we made a video and john's like this this is the killing machine that we've been missing and like he's like now two bulls are going down and then that night we like walk out and we kill two bulls and yep. it was just crazy mm. we literally have it on video like it was just like <laughs> we always joke about the gummy bears being the lucky thing and we and didn't we have had, it <laughs> we hadn't eaten them and we went to town to get milkshakes for lunch and just like kind of regroup because we i mean 10 days you know it was just kind of like we need to recheck everything and uh got the gummy bears had the milkshakes, came back out, and then did this little cheers with these gummy bears and, like, made a video about it and then talked about killing two. And then we walk out that night in a spot that we were not planning on killing just to scout to try to find like my – I didn't want to bring my bow that night because I was like, oh, good luck killing something in the wide open there. <laughs> like... Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like it was like – I mean, granted, I think some elk hunting is luck in general, but we had so much time and, like, preparation during the summer and, like, been hunting there for, you know, the 10 days. It was like – I make it sound maybe like, oh, we just walked out and killed these bulls that night. But, it w I mean, we had put in the time and the effort. And, I mean, it's like I, I was there because I knew that's what needed to happen. And I knew that those elk were somewhere right there. It just I, – I didn't think it was like we were in killing time that night. But, it, I mean, you put yourself in position, I think, to make things happen. It just – maybe sometimes you're not as confident. Like, that's the day. You know what I mean? But it's like – it could happen at any time. And then when it comes down to it, it was like, okay, 
thankfully, I mean, she was kind of like keeping our plan together of like, you know, here's what needs to happen. And it worked. But I, I don't know. I mean, what what is your opinion on that? I mean, do you, do you feel like it's like there some people go out and they're just like, oh, I'm pure lucky. Like I kill one on the first day, you know, and but it's like I feel like if you put in that many days and like all the effort, it's like it was a calculated game plan kind of. I mean, at the end of like the day of the whole thing, in my opinion, but there's still some luck involved and I'd rather be lucky than good. <laughs> but it's just there was. I don't know. It's like, I look back at it. I'm like, almost like, was that day too easy? Like, did we get lucky? You know, like in, in that instance, you know, with killing both of them, should we only killed one? You know, it's like, you almost feel like, why did we deserve it? You know what I mean? But it's like, you put in the work. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously you don't have success like without the work. So hundred percent. Yeah. That's the most insane day of elk hunting. And, um, you know, I, I can't even remember a story where two people killed a bull on the same day, seconds apart, you know, and I've been hunting elk for 25 years with a bunch of really good elk hunters chasing bulls. I've never seen a double, you know, heck a single is um, good enough. Like that's cause of celebration. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, it, it is a combination uh, of all the work you put in. It's a combination of, of coming into that hunt with a really good skill set. You're a good elk hunter. You've been hunting elk for a long time, good instincts, but you scouted really hard. You put everything into this hunt. You talked to guys, you made a game plan, you scouted in the summer and then uh, hunting, like you hunt elk aggressively, but uh, you, you you hunt them aggressively, but not recklessly. You know, you don't want to spook the elk out that you're hunting. They they can be so nomadic, and if you blow the elk out, they're out of there. So the longer that you can play the game with the element of surprise and move around these herds and not let them know you're there, the better chance you have. But but yeah, and then it came down to the day. It's um so much of this killing elk is capitalizing on opportunities. Like we're all gonna glass up elk. We're going to see elk on our hunts, but who can make it happen and who can make it happen on high pressure elk, uh, you know, in, in that situation, capitalize on the situation you had. And if you would have sat right by the rock and watched these elk, they would have walked by you and never in range in that open country. Uh, but you guys made the call. You let your instincts guide you and you saw these elk coming and they got in a dip and you guys say, Hey, we got to move now. You know, and I love setting up on moving elk like so many of the elk I kill. It's getting in front of where they're headed. Mm -hmm. And I love being on the backside of a ridgeline like you guys were set up and try to take tabs on where they're going to cross. Because in wide open country where you have miles or acres in between these elk, the chance of them walking by you inside bow range where you shot those elk is slim to none. And so you've got to be able to position yourself and watch these elk come and see the flow through the land and go, oh, they're going to come through right here. we got to get to that juniper with the rock wall on it. They'll come right by us. But but not only that, there's like a hundred right decisions or a hundred things that have to go right. So having those elk not pick you off and they they see movement far uh beyond like any camo pattern but if you can hold still in the brush like you guys did you could have cows walk by you at two three yards kept the element of surprise and even though the bull was staring in your direction when you drew your bow you drew slow little movement the bull was focused on feeding and wasn't looking at you directly for danger it was just their feeding didn't know a human was a hundred miles 
you know, within 100 miles of them, able to draw your bro and shoot that bull. And then the next bull comes over and you played it perfectly. He was chasing those elk over the top. And so when he heard those cow calls, he's all, oh, they're, that's where they're at. And so he ran in uh, with, with uh, reckless abandonment <laughs> to come to where those cows were because he was going to chase um, – you know, the good bull that Kylie killed, but he was going to chase that bull off and try to steal his cows because he had lost his herd. So it was a perfect storm of having those elk around, but that's what elk hunting is. Like we hunt all those days, the the days you scouted and the days you hunt, you're 10 days into it. Like I find elk hunting is timing and there's days where you find the magic where you hear 300 bugles in a day when these elk are crossing through public land and if you spend enough time out there you get one of those magic days but there's still no guarantee you're going to kill an elk or you're going to kill two elk you know there's no guarantees like you have to make the right moves once you're there but like those are the situations i live for and if you hunt hard enough and you work on your elk hunting skill set you do your your map research you do your scouting you spend days in country you learn their habits habits eventually you create that luck you are there on the right day and you hear 300 bugles that night and you get on that bull and you make the right moves and you don't stalk them recklessly and you keep the element of surprise and you put a perfect arrow in that bull so as crazy as it seems i stick a a, a perfect arrow through a good six point every single season a- am i lucky well, sure, there's some luck involved. Am I good at capitalizing on that luck when I create it? You betcha. So it, it, it's more than getting lucky. It's like all the training and preparation, the shooting, the working with Joel Turner, the getting your head right during your shot. Like it, it would have been very easily for you guys to go in there, make that whole scenario. She misses that bull, spook the other bull. You don't kill one. You're still hunting. Could go deep into rifle season. Yep. Uh, but instead, you're taking that, what you learned, and a lot of bow hunting is capitalizing on opportunities and being clutch in the moment, you know, and, and um, none of us are perfect. Like uh, I've made every mistake in the book. I've missed bulls on easy shot, but you learn from it like that, that pain stings and it hurts. And so like you've talked about how you get so excited and you've missed bulls and buck fever has got a hold of you. So like it gets a hold of all of us and we can lose our mind and not even look at our pins when we're shooting at them. But in that moment, like trying to be a good bow hunter, you're trying to prepare yourself to be clutch for these moments. So the working with Joel Turner, the thinking about it, uh, the shooting all summer, like all of that comes into play like you when you come into a hunt you only have the skill set that you've worked hard to achieve and that's the difference between filling tags and not filling tags so uh, as much as you guys had a lucky day uh, uh, all the work that you put in uh, being clutch in the moment it all led to killing those two bulls which is amazing yeah I mean and, and I will say like this year she was so motivated. I mean, obviously knowing that we kind of had the rifle tag in our pocket as like a backup, but I kept telling her like every day when we'd talk, I'm like, Hey, like, don't, don't touch. Don't even think about that. You have a rifle tag. Like if you want to kill him with, she was just so motivated to kill him with a bow. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here like, well, I want to kill a giant. And you know, so I'm going to hunt like, he Oh, kept, he kept being like, I don't know. It was like 50, 50 at the beginning. He'd be like, well, when we go like do rifle and stuff. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like I am killing one this year. Like I have had five years hunting by your side, archery for elk. And last year didn't have a tag and I've seen all his success, which it's awesome. And I love being there for that. But like every year I always came home like empty handed when it came to archery season, rifle tag always came up and I filled my tag. But like I had so much determination just because I see his drive that I was like, I want to feel that success in that way, not just the good job, babe. And then it's my turn for rifle season. It was just like 
a literally a light switch was switched this year where I was like, I am making it happen. And I did. I filled what we had five tags in Montana and I did four out of my five minus a turkey and stuff like that. But it just it was crazy because I literally think it just was finally like I'm not going to doubt myself. I'm not going to compare myself to other women who are killing big things and blah, blah, blah. It was just like, no, this is for me. I'm going to make it happen. And I did. Good for you, Kylie. Like um, so much of this being consistently successful, so much of finding success in the bow hunting world is uh, setting your mind to it. This determination, like perseverance is um uh the the key to killing consistently it's um uh, it's one of the best traits you can have persistence is deadly and so you set your mind to it of what you wanted you were determined Mm -hmm. and so you put in all the effort when you're determined like that you prepare yourself for the shot it is going to happen i do have to make right on this shot uh but but good for you it is so tough to kill bulls on public land with your bow and arrow and you accomplished it through your hard work like that's something to be really proud of but uh remember what it took this season with your mindset and where you were at and now you carry this into next season and you can build upon it you know but it's um i'm really glad you shot one with the bow like uh so uh when i when i first moved to montana i had the same mindset that i want to kill big bulls and i will hunt all opportunity and I learned a ton through rifle seasons hunting late season rifle uh, learned a ton about elk behavior and and what they do during the pressure so it, it taught me so much about elk hunting but eventually I got to a place the the last bull I killed with a rifle was a great big bull one of my biggest ones and I killed him and I was really happy for the harvest and I was happy to kill a bull but I was so hooked on bow hunting uh, that I said I really want to kill one like this with a bow and so I had to rewire my brain and almost um, uh, say well if I want to kill one with a bow I've got to put all my effort into it and and so that was 16 17 years ago and went bow exclusive and really put all my effort into bow hunting and becoming good at it uh my point of this is like the the bow hunting harvesting a trophy elk with a bow and arrow uh is so thrilling to be that close like it's fun to hunt with every weapon it's fun to take advantage of these opportunities and I don't discourage it but uh, the intensity level, the the level of a, a accomplishment, like what it means to you to kill one with a bow and arrow is special and it's magic. And to be that close, like that is something you will always remember for the rest of your days. And to pull a double is just crazy. And and both of those bulls were just gorgeous bulls. John, that seven that you killed, beautiful. He was like this tight, narrow bull, but huge main beams, great antler length. Man, I was so pumped for you. What a bull. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a crazy thing he's actually an eight by eight and so he's got like a kicker that coming off of his g2 on his right that's like seven eight inches long and then he's got like a devil tine that's like an inch and a half wow. on the on mainframe the seven with yeah, a couple with stickers a, yeah with a yeah. couple and so but the, the crazy thing i mean it, it just was like cool because when i seen that bull during the summer i was like we sat there watching him one night and i'm like i want that bull like i'm gonna figure out a way to kill that bull this year but the, the thing is, there's another bull out there. He's still alive, he's so he's, he's a cool bull. But mm-hmm. he's he's got this split third that's like 30 inches long. Mm-hmm. It comes up, and it splits. And, I mean, he's probably bigger than the bull that I killed, and I'm okay with that. It, I, like, to me, it, 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 it doesn't even matter. That bull is a special bull and such a cool bull. But it was, like, just the fact that I had history and, like, seen this one. And then the days prior, like, watching him do his thing with the cows. You know, I mean, both of us sitting there side by side and, like, watching him with the 34, 35 cows out there all day long from daylight until dark. And he's like bedded. I mean, you could have 
made probably a move and like went in and you might have killed him but there were so many eyes and it, i mean it would have been a high risk opportunity to like low percentage to try to kill him it yeah. wasn't worth the risk no and yeah. that that's why i was like we have days like i mean i had every day to keep hunting until archery season ended you know i was like i'm staying there until i kill him and uh just watching those elk and like waiting for the moment and then it was like that i think that that was the big thing and capitalizing you know it was just kind of like let's be patient let's do this and the other thing i mean we haven't really talked about it a lot but it's like i make it sound like that's kind of the only bull but we I, I had a lot of opportunities and i let a lot of bulls go before i killed that one i like first day we were out there like i let like a 330 40 bull walk at 28 yards and thought I, it would come back for me yeah i thought <laughs> i thought it would come back for her and i was like well and i had taken her home a couple of days because our dog ended up sick right off at the bat and so she went home and i'm like crap like she's gonna lose some days here but i'm gonna go back and keep like scouting these elk and like figure it out and so i was hunting but i was also like kind of scouting for her and then when i went back and got her and then we started like really hunting and but i mean i had bulls coming in like left and right like bugling it was early in the rut at that point and they were still kind of doing their thing pecking order and like i'm calling bulls in i got bulls like wandering by me found a good water hole it was hot and i mean i had bulls coming in left and right and so I actually passed 19 bulls and killed number 20. And so, I mean, some of those bulls were like guys would give an arm and a leg for to like shoot. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you don't kill big ones by shooting smaller ones. That's what I kept telling myself. And it was just like, I had set myself up. I'm like, if I eat this tag this year, like it, I'm okay with it. You know, like it is what it is. I want one of those too. And so we, I mean, we had spent a lot of time and I mean, a lot of effort. And so her shooting all summer though, I mean, you talk about like the persistence, like she'd eat dinner, go grab her bow. And she's going outside, like shooting in the yard, like even on her own, you know? And I mean, I mean, I don't even know if anyone like worked harder than her, like when it came to that, you know? And so you're right. Like this year was like the year where I seen that drive in her as a person and like everything that was like, I want to do this, you know, it's like before she wanted it, but it was like, I don't think she knew how bad she wanted it until she had the failures over and over. And then it I think it finally clicked and she's like, I am doing this. And as the husband sitting there, you know, it's like, you want to see her successful. And I'm like, but I think it, it has to click in you, you know, it has to, you have to want it bad as a person. And I think like this year it finally clicked. And when she did, and then it was like watching her progression and like Joel, when he came by the house in the middle of the summer and well, I was like June, I think, and working with her and from July all the way until September, like every day and like her shooting, I mean, her shooting changed like 180 degrees from like what it used to be like after Joel. And you could just see like the light bulbs, you know, they like went off and then she just got like in overdrive motivated. Controlled shot is the way, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I've never had that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing. No target panic, controlled shot. You just have to get a hold of your mind when, yeah. a, when a bull walks in. And so you almost have to think about it a bunch during a hunt while you're on a hunt. And um, that never goes away. Like even as a good bow hunter, I still have to remember my execution. And it uh, means so much when you harvest a bull like that and execute correctly and make the shot that you need to make, man. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. You put in the work, man. You saw some good elk hunting like that spot um you know it it uh, those elk are high pressure like yeah. they catch movement they catch spot and stalking those are not easy elk to kill uh you had a lot of opportunities man you found some good elk hunting you you put in your work you'd never been there before right. figured out this unit and put yourself into bulls that's no easy feat man yeah it, it was tough and i mean i think that's what i look back i mean 
she jokes about it, but like with people, she's like, if we ever ended up in like marriage counseling, I mean, it's like, we never fight ever. And it's just like, we, I, I'm thankful. Like we have such a great marriage, but it's like, she goes, it would be because you're just on Onyx, like every night, like looking at maps. Oh, it's every night. Like since the get very, very beginning. And I'm like, what you doing? And it's like, I'm waiting, watch TV. And he's just sitting there looking at maps. He's like, so what do you think about this pot? And I'm like, Can we just not like literally like what? two weeks after hunting season he's already right back to new spots and i'm mm-hmm. like can we just take like a month off <laughs> yeah. but he puts key. a lot of persistence like he's Being just obsessed he it, is that, yeah. i think that that's a thing and you know it's like this summer like trying to like when i talked to you and it was just like every like little bit of information i was like soaking it up because i'm like okay like i'll figure this out but i'll take this nugget and then i'll take this nugget and then it's like all the little things that i learned and like you talking about the nomadic elk like that stuck in my head and you know because and we did i mean there was elk like i said like moving around new bulls showing up that like we'd never seen before and i'm like where are these coming from like i feel like i have a pretty good idea of what's going on around here no and then these new big bulls showing up out of nowhere and i'm like how did i miss those this summer you know i like how, how did we not see at least see one or two of those i mean i'm talking there was a lot of bulls that showed up that we never even laid mm-hmm. eyes on i feel like and every day we at least saw one different bull though it, which was kind of crazy like you know what i mean like because like we would see the big herd and you'd see it like during the summer and stuff like we got a good i feel like i don't know take on what there was mm-hmm. and it just it was very interesting like every day we'd be like okay like we got a like a good feel of what's going on and what we got here and then it's like boom totally new bull would come in and we're that, like, that's why elk scouting is so tough yeah. because where they are in their summer range is not where they are during the rut everything changes but it's like your scouting paid off right if yeah. you're looking for key areas you're looking for where the cows are elk numbers you're looking for good bulls so uh, not that it didn't help you on your hunt on your hunt it helped you immensely but but knowing that there's bachelor herds of bulls out there that could be 20 miles away from that area that once the rut gets kicking man they get moving and they change areas and they get bumped from here and they'll so they just start showing up and ending up there but i also like what you said like about being obsessed like looking at on x um you know when you have such passion for something and you love it so much like that's what you want to spend your time doing and so not that you don't need a break and sit down with the wife and spend an hour watching tv <laughs> yeah, you do yeah, need to yeah. do that too like, uh, we don't need but, but uh, yeah, no. the the onyx um like to to be every night looking at that thing and walking yourself through a unit like once you get in there you know every road you know that thing like the back of your hand so it's the same thing i do when i draw out draw a hunt i get obsessed with it i'm looking at google earth i'm looking at onyx I'm making plans and backup plans and and it it isn't just looking at it one day or one night or spending a few hours it's revisiting it and going oh yeah well oh what about oh hike into this spot so uh I I do that same thing when breaking down a unit and and obviously man it it worked you were able to go into a new unit you'd never stepped foot in and saw some of the most amazing elk hunting on planet earth and uh there's a lot of guys that would have shot a lot of those 19 bolts or whatever but man you got to see the magic in there I I did like and I'm super thankful for like you know what you were able to share with me and whatnot and I mean it's like all those things and just seeing that magic I mean it was kind of like for me I I never expected that to happen you know I was kind of like well if I get an opportunity I'm gonna get one or two and I'm just gonna have to capitalize and, and make it happen but it was like once I found like the honey hole and then it was I mean I had bulls coming in like left and right and then like even making her pass some bulls and whatnot it was, it was truly special. I mean, it's like something that I look back and I'm like, man, like, are, could we go back this year? Like, would we even have the same experience? 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like John and I talk though. Like it's super fun to find a honey hole and have that be like your kind of like saving grace hunting spot where you know there's elk and all that. But John and I, every year since we've been dating, um, we've gone to a different unit or totally different area that we're unfamiliar with, like totally different spots and part, part of the States and stuff. And I think we are drawn to that in a sense because we get obsessed and we have fun scouting and we have fun learning the new country and like what, that place brings for us and it just like brings so many more memories and just going back to like the same old fun little comfort zone i guess you want to say You're spot and so on it, yeah. it really is something that because we've been talking about it we're like oh yeah. should we try to like go back for that because like we would just put in for archery instead of rifle and stuff and we've thought about it and pondered but i'm like i think it's fun not to and like i think we have more success in that way because we're not getting stuck on the same ways, hoping for that same scenario. Yeah, no, that's it. Like, um, uh, you know, there's definitely two schools of thought and definitely hunting a unit multiple years. You gain knowledge of that unit and you hunt it better. Uh, but you're right. Like, uh, we're explorers by nature. Like we want to go explore new places and see new things and, uh, figure out new areas. But once you can build that skill set to be able to go into a new habitat or a new species or into a new state, and break down that unit, find where the animals are, and arrow a good bull in there. Once you've learned that roadmap, then you can apply it to different areas. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think both schools of thought, like you learn and kill elk, uh, but it's it's good not to get stuck in a rut. Hunting always changes. Uh, and so you may have a good spot, and it may not even be you that moves the elk around, but then you plan on it, and you bank on it, and you don't put in the work to learn more in that unit. You try to go in and recreate what you guys had last season, and it's totally different. The food's totally different. The elk aren't there and you got to start over, you know? So, um, I think it's so good to like have that skill set and have that ability and not be afraid to go to new places and figure it out. And there's always good places to hunt. There's always new places to hunt. There's places that guys haven't figured out. There's places where elk get pressured and things change over the years. So uh, to have that skill set, to be an explorer and go learn these new places and you hunt them with like this, um, uh, uh, you, you hunt them with like this, uh, this vigor, you know, when you're hunting a new area and you're figuring it out and you're putting the pieces together, like that's really thrilling and fun and putting in work where you're not resting on an old spot. And, uh, I think it's good too, to not get caught in a rut because things change. I mean, you know, I had uh, a new spot I hunted this year that was absolutely amazing off the hook deer hunting where I chased a bunch of bucks around. And then I had an old spot that I went to, uh, where I can usually get five stocks on good bucks and I can usually kill good bucks in there and it's huge big country and even though I know that spot I'm always exploring further and other drainages and things and expanding my knowledge of that area but went into that spot and it's one of the poorest years I've ever had in there I did get a stock on a buck and arrowed a nice buck uh, but that was my one chance and uh, just didn't see the numbers in there so things are always changing but that is a great skill set to have. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we've talked about it, and it's like looking back, honestly, I mean, I've been hunting Montana, and I mean, what was it? I'd have to go count the years, honestly, but like 2013, yeah, I killed kind of my first good bull in Montana with a bow, and every year I've drawn, even as a non-resident before we moved there, I drew every year except last year when we moved, and I'm getting a tag off the alternates list. Mm-hmm. So I w- I've literally had an elk tag in Montana pretty much, well, one year I went to Idaho and didn't, but uh, every year. And the crazy thing is, like, I have not killed a bull in even the same mountain range or the same unit all those years, what, 10 years, 9 years, and, like, have not killed one even remotely. Like, I've always went to new spots and, like, figured out a way and found elk and killed one. And even with her, like, her couple bulls, she's killed Montana now, and it's like, 
they've been in completely different areas, you know? And so it's like same with deer hunting. Same, I mean, same, we went to a new spot this year for deer, never even set foot there and went, I mean, we killed two good bucks. I mean, she killed her biggest buck and then it's like, I mean, I killed a really good one too. And we had such a good time and it's like, I love the adventure, you know, it's like, take me somewhere new. Like I want to go figure this out, you know, and could we go back to where we were this year? Yeah. And like, we knew the, we know the landowner now and like, they're just the sweetest people on earth. And we have, we could probably go hunt their property again, you know, or like if and hunt some of their stuff, granted, we, I mean, we know, like I said, we killed on the public, but it's like the fact that we have that as a backup, I'm like, ah, you know, it's kind of enticing, but then I'm like, I don't even know if I want to do it. You know, it's like, I kind of want a new adventure, you know, I like, I want to like, let's go somewhere else. Let's go conquer a new elk that has no idea that we're around or that we've ever even hunted that elk, you know? And so it's, it's a draw. Like, I love it. I love the passion, you know, that she has now and like myself and like guys like you, you know, I mean, it's like, dude, I watch your success and Dan too, you know, it's like as much as anybody. Cause it's like, you just have that drive. Like you have, that passion to want to be successful and make it work. And it's like, that's inspiring to me because I'm like, Hey, these guys eat, sleep and breathe it just as much as I do. I want to like, I want to, I'm figuring this out, you know? And so I just love seeing everybody's success, but it's also like, I know how hard you're working, you know? And I think that that's a big thing for me is like, she always make comments. She's like, I feel like I went home empty handed again. And uh, you know, before rifle season, if it was like archery or whatever, she'd be like, I went home empty handed. She's like, I just like, I don't like, I, I don't like this feeling, you know? And it's like, these other girls go out and they'll kill elk and like deer and like this and that. And she's like, I don't want that. Like, I'm I like, felt like I always had the same sappy story of why I didn't kill and all my hard work. And it's like, you feel like you can only tell people how hard you work because if you don't have the success to show, like you feel like no one, like it goes unnoticed, which I know is a true fact. Like it's not a fact at all, you know, but like, that's where I was feeling. Like, I felt like Every year I was like, oh, here's my sad story of why I didn't kill something with archery or how I missed or how are this. And it was just so frustrating, like, to have that. And so, like, to finally have that, like, little kick that has just finally, like, ignited in me is just, it's awesome to that's, have now. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Due to your drive and your hard mm-hmm. work. And I really think that you build the skill sets and um, you see success a few years later. Like you become a good hunter and good elk hunter and you may not kill an elk, but you're just working on these skill sets and it's something that you don't get good at in a day or a week or a month or even a year or a season. It takes multiple seasons of grinding it out. It takes making these mistakes and they cut and they hurt. And so you learn from them and you get better and you improve and that determination keeps rising. But I really think you get to the point where you're a good elk hunter before you ever kill an elk. You have to build that skill set. So all those years were were all the years where you were building your your bow hunting skill set, your elk hunting skill set. And then, you know, with your determination this season and with your work in in the years prior, everything you had learned, you know that you're going to get in these situations. You know what it feels like. You've been there before. Mm -hmm. And now to capitalize on the opportunity and arrow a bull, which is an amazing feat, like uh, elk uh, success odds run at six to ten percent with a bow and arrow yeah. and that's all these guys and gals that are working really hard and only one out of ten is going to kill a bull and you were one of the one in the ten this year you know but there there is a thing where it is um uh you know ten percent of the hunters killed ninety percent of the elk so you just have to break into that ten percent and then you can start killing them consistently and you guys put in the work killed some great bulls this year yeah it, i think you've said that on another podcast or something because he had brought that up before you're like remember when you like yeah you brought yeah. that up to me before yeah. or some someone has talked about that yeah but. and it's true though you know and i think that 
I mean, like yourself, it's like, a, you know, every year it's like you always have a bowl to show, you know, and it's like, to me, it's like learn from those guys. You know, it's like I, heck, I go out there. I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good idea what's going on with the elk and like I know what's going on, you know, and uh, pretty good track record to show for it. But I'm like, what can I pick up? Like, what can I listen to? And I mean, when she talks about the maps, it's like I get obsessed because I'm like trying to learn and then I'm listening to podcasts. But it's certain people that I'm listening to and like trying to pick nuggets from. And then I'm like, oh, he said this. Oh, okay. And then I'll like retain that. And then so if I get out and get in a situation, a weird situation, or like the elk aren't doing quite what I think they should be doing. And then I'm like, okay, what, what have I listened to of like, what, what could I do to like make this scenario work, you know? And I, I just like, you talk about like professional athletes. It's like, what do they do every day? Like they're practicing their craft, you know, it's like, that's what they do. And it's like, for me, like, I'm never going to be an athlete, like professional athlete. Like I'm short. Like I just don't have the, like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like uh, archery is what I got, you know, Me like, and you both. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like, I got the hunting thing, you know? Yeah. And so, but it's like, I'm a, like, I just truly like, I love it. You know, yeah. it's like, I wake up, eat, sleep and breathe it. And it's like, I just want to be like a better me tomorrow or next season when we go out, you know, and be able, I don't care if I kill the biggest bull in the unit or the biggest bull in the mountain. I just want to go out and have a great time, but put myself in a position to maybe have an opportunity at one of the bigger bowls, you know, or, or at least a good mature bowl, you know, like, and so when I look at that, I'm like, what do we need to do to prepare and make that happen? And I think the one thing I will say about her, she could go out there and I never have to worry like about, is she behind me? You know, it's like, I mean, I'll admit like when I go, I'm marching, like I'm gone. And I mean, it I'm short legs, but I can move. And like, I never worry about it. And like, she even had one day her, we went through this water hole and her boots were completely soaked. And she's over here, like pulling them off at night and like wringing out her socks. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, why did you not, have you had wet feet all day? And she's like, oh yeah. I'm like, you never brought it up. Well, no, you were going and we were hunting. I didn't even like, I just want to kill an elk. And I'm like, okay. You know? And so, but it's like one of those things, like that's when I know she can hang up or hang there and like not have to worry about it. I'm like, the opportunity is going to happen. It's just like, can you handle it at that moment? And then this year, it's like, this is great. You know, I'm like, okay, now I feel like you've broken into that. It was almost like you're in the training phase. And then it was like a little bit. The boys amateur. always let me. I was the only wife who always goes to boys camp. Like, I'm always allowed to go with everyone, which is nice. But like this year, I'm finally like, yes. Like everyone's not just rooting for me and cheering me on. Like trying to like hype me up like we have one buddy who we always hunt with and every year like i swear he's like one of my biggest like supporters like he's just like hey this is kylie's year like we're gonna make it happen like and he literally would like because he would hunt out of state and come with us and he would just be like nope kylie's gonna shoot first kylie's gonna do this and it was so nice because like the boys would just like amp me up to be like you got this you got this and every year i tried and so it was fun because this year he was kind of hunting where was he was he hunting yeah he, he had a unit south of us so it, he was kind of close and he was like checking in every day like did kyle kill did you, they call me kyle but they're like he's like did she kill did she get close to it and stuff and so it's been fun to be able to have the boys all be a little teammate for me yeah it's, man it's, it's the good. way it yep. is yeah so. it's amazing to have a crew of friends that you can share your success with that are cheering for your success as much as their own or sometimes more uh-huh. um like that's what friendships are and when you go on these amazing adventures together you have something you're so passionate about that you share together you build these really meaningful uh relationships and then um you guys just doing everything right john you're a student of the game you know and that's what it takes it's like a uh, you know, trying to learn from other people and where you can implement that into your game plan and just 
putting in the work, like, um, you know, just putting in the map research, putting in the miles, shooting the boat, like all those things to work on those skill sets and um, pays off during season like it did for you two this this year. For sure. But, um, man, amazing. Uh, well, really fun to hear about. Um, uh, so pumped for both of you guys. What great success. And, yeah, man, thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast, you two. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for you. having us. We truly appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. All right. Nice work, you two. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Uh, big thanks to Kylie and John Gabriel, uh, two diehard elk hunters that had an absolutely amazing season. So uh, it's not his first big bull and, and definitely won't be their last um, great elk hunter. So uh, that was really fun. Thanks to you guys for the continued support on social media and the podcast. I really appreciate it. Make sure that you um, subscribe and then um to leave a review really helps out the podcast and the algorithm. So I appreciate that. Um, make sure to um, check out our sponsors. So uh, this week we have Method Archery, formerly Vector, uh, building a great arrow. So you guys can check those guys out. Everly Stock, they've got that brand new Kite 4800 that I'm a huge fan of and that I'll be using on this next trip. And then um, make sure to check out Black Ovis, Internet Retail Shop, and Camo Fire, a great app to save some money. Again, those promo go- codes, if you guys are interested in that Mule Deer coast course, put in Brian MDC. That'll save you 10% on it. And um, also the promo code for Eastman's Tag Hub to get the free Mountain Tough Fitness for a year. Just put in Brian and should be good to go there. So with that, man, um, yeah, got that new bow just absolutely shooting. Uh, thing is ready to rock and roll. Got those new uh, Method Archery arrows. So stoked on those things. Able to get that neon green color I really like. And um, kind of a smaller profile four-fletch vein that I have flying really well. So um, super stoked on that. Can't wait to go hang out with my buddies there and... Um, get after um, some red deer during the roar and uh, fallow deer during the croak. Really excited for the challenge of sandbar. They're supposed to be one of the most challenging animals down there. And uh, my buddy is like known for hunting sandbar. He's really good at it and has harvested a bunch of them with his bow. So I can't wait to learn from him and uh, just go experience like this different place on planet earth. I'm, um, I'm really stoked. Get my gear together here and get my final runs in and take care of my responsibility this week and I'll be flying out Saturday for a couple weeks of bow hunting action so so pumped and um, right after that after I get back bear season will be open and I'm really stoked to get after some bears I had a good run going of archery bears and last season um, gave up a little time due to building my house and uh, didn't harvest a bear last year and I also had a um, had a Hawaii trip uh, last year that I went on that was the last two weeks of bear season or last week of bear season, somewhere in there. But um, anyways, I'm stoked to get back after those things this year and go try to catch up to a big old mature boar. So um, it's a big snow year, which are usually good bear years. Um, so yeah, really stoked. Going to record that bear podcast, so I'll have that loaded up to get out to you guys while I'm gone. And um, man, with that... That's a podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks as always, guys, for the support, and I'll check in with you next week.